Happy Friday, folks, and welcome back to the Aftertime uh, podcast that comes out every so often, whenever we feel like it, and mostly talk about betting, basketball, football, a couple of different things. So, Ronan, you know, people often ask me, Ryan, wh- wh- what is the Aftertime about? And I say, well, you know, me and Ronan for about seven years now, it's been about seven years, have been earning a living and mostly betting on men in varying degrees of tight clothes, putting different size balls into different size holes. So what do you think about that? That's fucking spot on. <laughs> Although there's no riding in Love Island this, yet this year. And, <laughs> and, and the men have not been putting balls in holes yet. It's only on episode three. Uh, I, I haven't have, watched any yet. I don't know why you haven't watched it yet. We promised the, the listeners last week. I need to catch up. Yeah, this is going to become a Love Island podcast after the NBA Finals finishes, and I have so many takes. NBA X Love Island crossover. Yeah. I wonder, so, oh, be, I wonder how many fans are fans of both. Definitely. Yeah, well, I am anyway. Yeah. I'm sure there's some. That's what matters. That's what matters. I, I, I'm going to have fun talking about it. I have some takes, but I think I'll leave them because you haven't... I will up. catch up. I, I'll give you a bona fide promise, a Runa McGarry promise that I'll... Uh, I'll have caught up by, by the next one. So what, are they an hour each, yeah? Uh, no, the first couple have been a bit longer. Oh, fuck. The first one's like an hour and a half, um, but there's only been four episodes. I haven't actually seen much, although because of the travelling and stuff, I haven't really been on social media that much. So There's some great memes already. Okay. Michael Owen's daughter is on it, as you've probably heard. Yeah. She's such a bitch. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, such a bitch. And, but she's really good looking, yeah. and she knows it. So, God, hold on, I should save my takes for the, the Love Island episode. Yeah, okay, we'll, but we'll put that people, on. But people might be knocked out by then. Someone has already walked out. Oh, Liam from Wales has already walked out. There's another Liam from Wales? Yeah. His dad was a former professional rugby player. Mm. But he has walked out, I think, we're going to find out tonight why, but I think it's because no one has really gone for him yet and I don't think he's having a great time. But okay. Fair but enough. Anyway, yes, more more on that in the next week's episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get caught up. When we get right into it. But uh, before we jump into the basketball and the finals, which is kind of like the most important thing and the reason why we started the podcast is we have a wee bit of life catching up to do so we the last episode came out before the finals even started and while we were still in Ireland and hadn't yet left for Mallorca yeah Mallorca so um, we were away for a wedding there for about four days not, not long enough and yeah it was brilliant so it was seven days right I wasn't away for seven days I was were you only away for four god I lost track of time no, it was. I was definitely away for. I was away for six nights. Fucking felt like. Oh, I was away for five. Uh, yeah, you were five nights. I was okay, six Jesus. nights. Losing track of yourself. Yeah, before I kind of lost a few days there, like. Yeah, same. It was a bit. It was a bit heavy. Somehow yeah. I ended up in Santa Ponza. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Michaelouf. And Michaelouf. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, shout out to our cousin Neil and Sarah for getting married. It was a great crack. Good to have everyone over. And yeah, it's been a long time coming. So. Yeah, three years. Well, they were a COVID marriage. Yeah. So push back and push back. But two great years. crack. Yeah, brilliant. Really good crack. Uh, absolutely love Mallorca, by the way. Mm-hmm. We've came away with a couple of hot takes for the podcast from the wedding. The first of all is, is Mallorca one of the best places on earth? Yes. The golf is amazing. Mm-hmm. I have a really good recommendation for anyone going to play golf in Mallorca. Golf Palma, formerly Pintero, designed by Jack Nicklaus in, in 1979, I think. Not in the best shape in the world, but it's just been bought over by a German entrepreneur who buys... Golf. This is his second golf course he's bought over to do up. We played the first one. We played the first one, and it might have been the best course I've ever played. It was uh, in. So it was originally when we were supposed to go over for this wedding in 2020. Yeah. And uh, we managed to be the only ones that actually ended up still going to Mallorca, turned it into a golf holiday, and played this place called Tee Golf. And it was 
as if COVID didn't exist. It was this little happy bubble, and this was right. This was the summer of twenty twenty, like so. Yeah, this was Tigo. It's now called Tigoth Calvia. Mm-hmm. It's down near Magaluf. It's right beside Magaluf, and I couldn't recommend it anymore. Like our good friend Paul said, it, they're just so rich that COVID didn't exist. Yeah, so rich COVID didn't exist. Not a blade of grass was out of place. Brilliant. But then the same crowd has bought over Tigoth Palma, so it's like knockdown prices because they're still doing it up. But I mean, you could play there every day. It was amazing. I strongly recommend Mallorca for a golf holiday. There's tons of good courses and all coming back into their own. Yeah, easy to get years. to. You get guaranteed weather. It, it, I just want to move there. Like, mm. so yeah, we had a we had a good conversation about uh, if you had what was it? If you were worth two hundred million? No, if you if you had ten million to spend to buy a holiday house somewhere. Yeah, in the, Where anywhere in the world. In the world, and we were we. I mean, maybe it was recency, but as the fact we were literally in the country and it was like thirty degrees and it was and lovely. We a few beers deep. And we had a few rattlers, uh, but. Yeah, we decided Mallorca was the yeah spot. high on the list, and either Mallorca or Portugal for me. But that's because I like Portuguese food better than Spanish food. Mm, he's on the bid. Also, I've had a really good uh, betting record in Mallorca. We were in Mallorca for the second and third rounds of the to- of the bubble playoffs. Oh, fuck. So oh yeah, I think that was a bets, terrible time for a me. A few good bets up then, and then when we came home, the Lakers beat the Heat in the finals, and I lost one of my biggest losers ever. But I made a lot of it back in the run up. Yeah. while we were in, uh, okay. in Spain yeah. fair enough and yeah, then so of course when we were there this week I think we were there for the first two we were there for the first two games so it was we were, we were actually playing golf the day the Celtics won game one mm-hmm. obviously spoilers sorry so we would dive right in then yeah go for yeah. it so we, we were playing golf the day the Celtics won, won game one so we all got up and watched the game at about 7am and it was one of those ones where it really felt like, right, when is reality going to hit, didn't it? It was like, when is this going to all come tumbling down as we've seen the Celtics do yeah. all playoffs? It's just, I know they've got to the finals, but they just it's, feel it's like... bad habits. Yeah, it feels like they're, they're, they're always a three-minute runaway from fucking losing the game, even if they're up 15. It's one of those teams that's winning a football match, like 3-0 with five minutes to go and you're still just waiting for the other team to, to score like a you know, two minute double salvo yeah never ever feels like they're gonna yeah. hold on to it they feel like how it used to feel watching Fergie's United knowing that the other team gonna score or knowing <laughs> that United were gonna score it was inevitable like watching Linfield in the Irish League just knowing that they're gonna win the league oh, uh, yeah, no matter how bad year. they look knowing the Celtics are gonna somehow fuck this up but then they didn't in game one no they pulled away uh, in the fourth quarter I think it won by maybe 12 and that was a brilliant day obviously you know going out thinking right the odds have completely flipped around here the Celtics look like the better team to me mm-hmm. you know team A versus team B they look like quite clearly the stronger team and yeah from from, uh, from then on I was really really positive in terms of how likely I thought they were going to be to win the whole thing after game one yeah, yeah. I mean I mean, being you know picking up the first road game is you can't, it's going to do that I suppose but Definitely, was it more? I'm trying to think of the right word in this. Was it like more impactful on your 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 takes and your outlook for the series after game one? Like do you know, as opposed to what you thought it was going to be like when we went in, like talking about our last know, episode yeah, and our previous. Do you know what I mean? I know what you're saying. Did it really like? Were they up what to I, what you thought they were going to be? Yeah. Were they better? Were they? Do you know? Yeah, they were. They, they were just what I thought they could be. Do you know? It, like people have been saying it all playoffs if the Celtics keep their turnovers down, if they don't beat themselves, I don't think anyone can beat them. And I think that's true. Do you know when they take care or of the ball? Or not injured too. Yeah, injuries. Yeah, true. When they take care of the ball, they avoid all the stupid turnovers which effectively just give assists to the other team for fast breaks. And teams can't, teams can't keep up with them because they're so good defensively. 
that if they just hold on to the ball, they're so hard to score against in a set offense. The easiest way for teams to score against them, fast breaks. Fast breaks, whenever, yeah. Whenever they throw the ball away stupidly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And we've seen a bit of that then in game two. That's what I was going to say, yeah. Which definitely crept in the next game. Yeah, they had more... Game two was a weird game stats-wise. I remember um, waking up and watch, looking at the stats and seeing both teams had shot the exact same number from three. Mm-hmm. I think both teams were like 17 of... 38 from 3 17 of 40 they both yeah, shot 39, yeah, they both shot thought. exactly like 40 and a half percent so then I was looking through the stats and because I didn't get a chance to watch game 2 right away because I think we were quite busy that day and no it was the night of the wedding it was the night, it was the night, the night of the wedding yeah, so yeah. I, was I was busy getting fucking yeah, rode off, yeah. off so looked at the stats before I watched it and I found it really odd the turnovers I think the, the Warriors only had a, the Celtics only had a couple more turnovers than the Warriors so I was wondering where all these points came from and then after watching the game it was just Things like Jordan Poole was hit two, one shot from the logo and a shot from fucking half court. Oh, and yeah. like they were just the, the Warriors were better in uh, from the mid range from two point, you know, for and at at the basket. Just it was just one of those games. The Celtics were in the game. They're only down two at half time. Game two, and then yeah, the Warriors pulled away in the third and fourth quarter. Yeah. So going in, like I funny, I'm just thinking back. I expected the Celtics to drop game one. You know, as a pretty standard thing, team coming off seven game series, other team have more rest at home. The odds were heavily against them, but picking that picking that one up and then losing the next. Funny because after the first game, I was like, are they just gonna are they gonna sweep them? Like, are they gonna fucking like four oh four one? But yeah, bit back to reality after game two, and then uh, were we back? We came back from Spain there for for game yeah. three. So we were away for games one and two. Yeah, and came back for game three and back to the garden and the Celtics. Looked like well, I mean, right? They gave up the lead, and they were they basically were were ahead decently until the third, right? Again, yeah, yeah. gave were, up the lead again in the third quarter. The Warriors had one of those Warriors third quarter runs. Yeah, just I still I I remember after sorry at the interrupt after game two, I seen I think you mentioned the Warriors like third quarter scores. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, they're like, outscoring the Celtics by fuck I don't know like fifty points in the and third like quarter. even probably more so after after the, after game three. Yeah. yeah. The Warriors have always weirdly been a third quarter team. Remember back to the back KD? At, yeah, we. I'm pretty sure we used to bet on it. Yeah, like, 100%. Warriors to win the third quarter. Like, it, the fuck, it was automatic. Think about... Uh, remember the old Warriors-Rocket series? Where it was James Harden and Chris Paul. Mm-hmm. They were always down double digits at the half to those teams. And they always came back in the third quarter. Oh yeah, it was so sweaty. I remember those, actually. Yeah, good point. It's, it's a strange thing. I, I, I honestly can't explain it. I, I really don't know... Steve Kerr has the football manager halftime team talks down to you. Yeah, maybe. Or is it like aggressive? Aggressive. uh, Assertive. You always go aggressive and you always say, show me something else in the second (laughs) half. The players always get fired up. Yeah. But I don't know. I I really don't know what it is. But yeah, it happened again in game three. So the Warriors were up, or sorry, the Celtics were up, I think, 15. And the Warriors scored seven points in 30 seconds. Yeah. Because they had the seven point play. Seven point play and then possession. Yeah. So I think... Whatever went, that was during in the middle of the run. So whatever happened, the Celt- the Warriors were up two, and then the Warriors scored seven points in the next seven minutes. I think they were, went so hot for a couple of minutes, and then went completely cold. The Celtics defense sort of caught on, stopped turning the ball over, and hit some shots, and then hit some shots. Well, but the good thing is they rallied. Do you know that Celtics team? I was watching the game, thinking, "Fucking here we go again. We've been up fifteen and cruising." To be honest crowd were involved they were getting fast break dunks they were getting easy baskets mm-hmm. Warriors looked like they were like yeah it was they got to the point where it was like uh, do you know whenever they're beaten like beat the trap the help comes over and then yeah. it's that easy alley of the time lord and yeah. then everyone gets that feeling like oh everyone's fuck, looking yeah. at each other going here we go we've yeah, got it yeah. and then next thing Wiggins hits a three Clay hits a three Curry hits a three Curry gets a fucking seven point play 
and then you're like fuck we're down two mm. what the fuck and then they rallied they real because they took Curry out he needed to rest him because yeah. he was knackered and then the Celtics managed to rally and hold, hold him off then throughout the fourth quarter but I nearly got the result spoiled by the fucking plumber in the house <laughs> so here's, here's a bit of behind the curtain action I didn't watch the game live because it was on at 2am and I, we were knackered I'm, from traveling knackered from traveling I'm getting too old I'll I was going to stay up tonight for game four, but we've got a big day off tomorrow, so I might watch it in the morning. Yep. But, yeah, so I, I watched it. I got up at, say, it was about 8 o'clock. I started watching it, and the plumbers were coming around to fix my leaky shower. And they were they were working away, and they came downstairs. I was in getting a cup of coffee, and they, they could see my uh, living room and see the big the, the the game on the screen. Um, the wee apprentice fella just comes over to me and goes, oh, mate, see so you're watching the basketball. And I just went, oh, no, no, I don't know the result. I don't know the result. Don't spoil it. Don't spoil it. And he goes, oh, no, 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 I won't, I won't, I won't. Uh, oh, I had a bet on Curry to hit, actually, he had such a bad beat. Will you hear this one? He said, I had a bet on Curry to hit seven or more three-pointers in game one. And remember, he hit five in the first quarter. Yeah, he set a record. And then he hit, I think he only hit one more all game. Or whatever way it was, the fellow got beat by one three-pointer. And he was like, oh, if I was awake, I would have cashed out. And I was like, oh fuck's sake fuck's sake and I was like well funny enough I'm actually a professional gambler and I've got a big bet in the, the Celtics to win the whole thing and he goes oh fuck really mate fuck I think they'll do it I think they're going to do it and this was at uh, you know like early third quarter they were still up about 8 yeah and I was like okay cheers so and he, they left. And so he like, thinks they'll do it he thinks they'll do it why does he think they'll do it obviously he knows the result because he told me he got up really early to watch the match that morning yeah and I goes well, you've just fucking spoiled it I know it here did you shout him out the podcast uh, I can't remember his name it was no, did you? Sorry, did you tell him about the podcast? Uh, no, I didn't. No, I just no. <gasps> Could I should have. I should have. I should have. Maybe I'll I'll get them back and tell him. But yeah, it was funny. So I I, I kind of had it spoiled then, or so I thought. And then the seven point play happened. The Warriors went up two, and I was like, because he goes to me, I think they'll do it in seven. So then I was like, right, is he taking into account the fact they have to win on the road in seven? And I started. Doing you were definitely these, going through all the, all the, the mental loops. Yeah, but I was like, does he understand enough about basketball to know that they need to win on the road? <laughs> if losing? And I was just like, fuck, just shut up. Just I was like, just shut up, Brian, and watch the match. And then eventually the Celtics won, which was good. Yeah, and then you were like, fuck, take he's spoiled. Yeah, for I it. did. I feel like it was still a spoiler, but it's all right. Yeah, and there's nothing you hit more. Like, what's the chances of a fucking plumber? Like whoever was in loves NBA and Andy set an alarm at six for six AM to get yeah, up. Yeah, like he's keen. That's keen. Keen as fuck. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Even like it's quite weird. I feel like still feel it's quite weird to find an NBA fan here. Yeah. Well, so does the the viewership numbers. Uh, if you look at them, they're not too not too high. With <laughs> <laughs> here, tell you what, about sixty dedicated listeners and climbing, which I think is pretty yeah, good. and spent zero on advertising yeah. and. Uh, also lack of consistency we've gone over these things we, yeah, we know yeah. we know where the the pain points are we know how we can improve yeah 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 and you know we're not in it for the money we're in it for the passion yeah la true, passion true I don't need the money no well I, I like money but I don't need that money I don't need to sell my soul I can't wait to but I don't need to god I would sell my soul for a house in Mallorca <laughs> oh yeah 100% <laughs> But yeah, um, I'd play on the live golf tour. Oh, yes, we'll we'll talk we'll, we'll touch get, on that. Yeah, we'll, we'll touch, on the, touch on, that. on the live golf tour towards towards the end. But yeah, game three, the big thing I took from it, um, I actually made a mental note to say if I was a proper podcaster, I would be making notes here, and I made a mental note to talk about Robert Williams, Time mm-hmm. Lord, because I feel like he is the X factor for the Celtics in this series. He really looks like it. Oh my god, I seen like I think he had was it four blocks and three steals. Like yeah. defensively and like his blocks aren't just normal blocks they're like soul stealers yeah and like really momentum generators do you know like like they're scary when he gets up to block someone I love it he's so fun to watch yeah and I think 
the Celtics, not that the Celtics go as he goes, because I feel like they can still win without him. They've got a, quite a decent bit of depth, but he's just that that bit extra that allows them. He, he can switch on the guards and he's quite that, well. Yeah, and he's that key element that we talked about before the series even started which was the interior defense which like even though the rest of their team is so good defensively we were like look how they struggle against the grizzlies because of their size um and like then time lord was the the comparison yeah exactly. if he's healthy if he's there and he's obviously still carrying an injury but he's healthy enough to be fucking so impactful yeah i mean like he can block floaters mm. he blocked steph curry's floater which was like what like three or four balls above not above the rim nearly like it was it I was don't feel like, like I don't know if it, like it definitely has happened, but I don't recall seeing that get blocked that often. Curry's no. flute, you know. No, same. And yeah, it he just really he really gives him something else. Not only on def- defense is the obvious one, you mm. know, because he's the rim protector, but he can switch and he blocks three point. I've never yeah, seen anyone block say, three pointers yeah. like he can. More so in the Heat series, le- less so in this. But the best one I've ever seen was Zion. I think either in yeah, the college G- in or college or was it the summer league? College. There was one I think in summer league too where he Fuck. literally jumped from the paint and blocked yeah, the floorboard. Yeah. But Robert Williams on offense, like you mentioned earlier, he gives them easy alley oops. Mm-hmm. They don't have that easy alley oop. Horford's not athletic enough, and the no. rest of them are too small. Like Time Lord's seven foot and can jump out of the gym. He's athletic. He's just that easy lob threat, which we talk about gives you those momentum changing. Yeah, if they can, if the Celtics can keep their their handles tidy enough. Like when they're when they're playing their passing game, and if they break down, you know, like I was saying, if they beat the trap or they beat whatever, if if the Warriors feel like the game's slipping away, you know, when they start chasing stuff on defense, but the Celtics manage to not give it away, which they can do often, he's just hanging around and he's there every time. Yeah, and talking about their uh, their passing game, I've been really impressed with Jason Tatum's passing. I think he had five assists in the first half on in game three. Not really been his game uh, over the years. You know, he was always more of a more of a Kobe than a maybe like a LeBron. LeBron's obviously a, a lazy comparison because he's the best ever, second best ever, whatever. But like, you know, Kobe was never that much of a passer. Yeah. But Tatum has been good this series at getting his head up after the first two dribbles and hit and hitting the open three point shooters. Yeah. Well, like, the, yeah, it's kind of it's obvious that that hasn't always been his thing because that was always the thing that people pointed to in the Celtics. What they needed was playmaking because it's like, oh well, Jalen and Jason can't really do it. They're more scorers. But he like he has like and he's shown it on the best stage, on the biggest stage, sorry, which is impressive. But yeah, it's been it's been incredible. And this series specifically too. Yeah, and like he hasn't had any forty point games this series, which understandably when you're talking about finals MVP and stuff, yeah, he's only averaging the same amount of points as Jalen Brown, but I still think he's he's been sneaky good mm-hmm. because number one, it's not fucking easy. Like having a forty point, thirty five point game in the NBA finals doesn't come around for everybody. Unless you're Giannis. Yeah, or Steph Curry. Do you know? Yeah. Well, and then you could debate Steph Curry's finals record. Anyway, but like I think it's been a bit unfair the criticism of Tatum in in the in the media over the last two games. Because, yeah. Yeah, he's not been fucking putting up Giannis numbers, but he's been playing a lot of minutes. Has shouldered so much of the. Is maybe injured load. too. Yeah, his and, shoulders fucked. Yeah, and just when you say shoulder, it popped into my head, and also he's doing it on both ends. Yeah, which exactly. Don't don't get me wrong. It's overblown with Curry. He's a good defender or whatever, but he's not tasked with defending. You know the other team's best. You bred like great scorers. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Uh, so, yeah, I mean, he, like if he's not putting up forties, you know, it's how many is he stopping on the other end, and you know all that. So, and yeah. facilitating. And when he's not when he's not scoring, he is facilitating. He's yeah, he doesn't just disappear. No, no, he, he, no. And he's a spot up shooter. If he does need to play off ball a bit, he hit a couple of spot up threes in that game. And then when he's on the ball, if he's fighting his teammates, 
you know they're knocking down threes but the one issue with him has been going to the basket sometimes he still looks a bit like out of control or you know like looks like he could be hunting for fouls a bit which yeah. is kind of annoying because obviously in the finals you're not going to get those foul calls like you would in the regular season but I don't know no I, I, I've been a bit more impressed with him than the media are, are letting on and I think finals MVP is an interesting one too if you want to touch on that yeah yeah let's talk about it because obviously Tatum is the favourite because the Celtics are strong enough favourites for the title and he's yeah, their best player 2.15 2.15 but you could make the case Jalen Brown has maybe been their best player so if far if you give it the old uh, one of our old favourites which is player A versus player B and put out their stats for the series yeah probably pretty similar to yeah I think they're more Jaylen or less Brown maybe averaging more points slightly more points yeah Yeah, uh, which points per game is usually a good indicator unless you're called a good yeah yeah um, the who's going to win the fight, like final MVP, but there's also a narrative thing, and he's seen as the leader of the team. Yeah, do you know, like Jalen Brown isn't. Yeah, Tatum would be an easy pick if the stats were similar. Yeah, do you know, like you'd have to. I feel like a voter would have to justify Jalen Brown, but this, Tatum's this is easy. Ignorance on my part, but it's not the same people who vote for the other awards, is it? No, it's only like ten people. Oh. It's okay. like the like I know like Doris Burke will get a vote. Zach Lowe gets a vote. It's and like then the top. Yeah, the it's 100. the ESPN and the ABC journalists. There's only about 10 of them. Okay. So, yeah, like, I mean, Jalen Brown of 4.33, it's, again, it's one of those you're diving deep and being like, he could win it, and there's still a couple of games left, you know, if he has, and he has it in him to go streaky too, but uh, I'm not betting it. No. There's no, I can't, I can't see any value in the finals MVP odds at the minute. No. The only value in my head, and even that no, wouldn't be value. I'm saying that. I was going to say Curry at threes if you think they're going to come back and win, but I don't. Just back the Warriors then? Well, he'll be better odds than the Warriors. Oh, no, he won't. Do you not say he's threes? You can back the Warriors at threes outright. So if yeah, yeah he, well, the Warriors are. I'm just going off at threes and five, so it's obviously slightly different, but the Warriors are 2.9 to win the series, and he's threes to win. Uh, you'd be better off just backing the Warriors at that difference. like. Yeah. Oh, yeah, just in case something. Yeah, in case Clay goes nuclear or. Wiggins or I don't know yeah I yeah. don't think Draymond Green can win it after his game 3 no wee, Jesus, what was it like a, yeah the triple single the triple single but it was the low triple singles it was yeah because like, he, he triple singles quite often yeah but, but it's normally like 8-9 eight, eight, yeah it's not it was like 2-3-5 or something 2-3-4 yeah with poor defence too the the Celtics were going at him yeah I've seen a couple of like you don't want to call them blowbys but like oh yeah, yeah. yeah. sneaky not as good an on-ball defender as you'd think no. He again is more I, I, not that I hate the phrase, but it's overused. Like the defensive quarterback, mm-hmm. he's more of an off-ball defender, like Giannis and Robert Williams and Evan Roman, yeah. Roman, and call, also well, he, yeah, Roman, but also quarterback. He's telling people where to go. Yeah, calling out the other teams, the offensive play, telling yeah. teams what's happening. But on ball, they switched uh, Draymond Green on to Jalen Brown in Game Three because they had Clay Thompson on Jalen Brown. And they decided to switch Draymond on him, and then the Celtics were happy for Jalen Brown to go at Draymond. Yeah, he was. Draymond, yeah, which is funny because if you had asked me before the series, like, okay, this is what they're gonna do, I'd have been like, right, when they think of Jalen Brown driving, and I think how sloppy he can get, and Draymond's just hands everywhere, I'd be like, oh fuck, he's gonna just get stripped, which he, he has done sometimes. But then on the other, on the flip side, I've seen Brown just coasting past him, yeah. going left, and just you know, you're, you're spot, you're spot on there. Mm. Like, think about how what Victor Oladipo did. Yeah. Jalen Brown in the last round anytime Brown had the ball we were going fuck sick he just look. he looks like I don't know he 
he looks like like a 12 year old who you're teaching basketball to and they're like the greedy one not that he's greedy but you know when, and they just drive into a pile of everyone yeah but it's weird because he's got some some silky moves he's got a really nice like step back dribble through his leg from outside to in mm-hmm. for like a pull up jump shot which actually Andrew Wiggins blocked him on one yeah but I think Wiggins would be better to put in Jalen but then who do you put in Tatum you have yeah, to have the, Wiggins the matchup stuff in this series is mad like, yeah. how, how much everyone's got defended by everyone like, because the, the Warriors probably got a little bit unlucky in that if yeah you put Wiggins on Tatum and then you put Draymond Green on Jalen Brown and Jalen Brown got going and was hitting threes and cooking Draymond a bit you're going to have to live with that because if you put Draymond on Tatum you're fucked yeah because Tatum is a better one on one player than Jalen Brown is oh so yeah if, like if he's getting cooked by you, yeah, yeah exactly so it's kind of like oh, you have to pick what, how to pick your poison really yeah well how, how, how do they it's the whole thing it's like how do you want the other team to beat you yeah so it's like what are you going to live with and I think maybe they would live with Jalen Brown beating them over Tatum. Yeah, I Jill, think Jalen Brown doesn't have a forty-five point game in him. No, and and they have shown that they have. We've said it how many times the the ability to throw games away or just throw up complete stinkers. And it's not always they don't always dovetail very well. It's not always that one like you get those games. I remember during the season too where they they both have, have like eight points at the end of the game. Do you know? Yeah. Obviously they they've they've come on leaps and bounds, and I don't expect that to happen, but. I mean, and it's a weird one to say. Like, it's I doubt the Warriors are sitting there like prepping, being like, "Right, we hope Jalen, Jason." I mean, they obviously do hope that, but you know what I mean. It's, you don't expect it. No, you have no. to prepare. You can't for expect them to score it. No. don't you? No. But I, I don't know what the Warriors do now going forward with that because if you keep Draymond on Jalen Brown, you're going to have to hope that he becomes a better on-ball defender in two days. But will that happen? I don't know. Like, you can't put Clay Thompson on him; he's too slow. Yeah. You can't put Jordan Poole on him; he's far. He's too bad he a gets defender. Hunted. You can't put maybe play more Egodala. I want Egodala. Like he he's seen maybe fucking four or five minutes of of the court. He's only back from a long term injury. That, but he's or Kaminga. I was gonna say not not Otto Porter. Uh, Kim, yeah, I would, I would try Kaminga. Is Kerr going to? I don't know. He'd be more likely to do it at home. Kaminga's seen quite a bit of the floor against the Grizzlies and uh, who else? The Warriors play the Nuggets. So. I yeah. can see it. I can see it. It's, it's the it's the classic thing though. It's it's hard for a coach to do because if he plays Kaminga and it goes poorly, it's such an obvious scapegoat. But I mean, it's uh, going yeah. fucking play the rook. It's going the poorly already. You need athleticism. The Celtics are so much more athletic than the Warriors. Well, how poorly? So like you're saying, it's going poorly. So just to compare it to the actual series odds, the outright odds, Celtics are now one point four three. They're yeah. up two one. Second game at home tonight, and the Warriors are two point nine. Do you think that's fair? Do you think either one's value? The Warriors are two point nine for the right? Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be backing that. I think it's it's at least fair odds. You I, think th- I think I I said before the season the series started the Celtics are the better team and they've taken home court back with a chance to go three one up tonight and I think they've got a pretty favourable refereeing lineup tonight. Too. Has it come out? Yeah, and the extender isn't there. The extender is on the video. Okay, Scott. I'm not sorry. Um. Scott Foster yeah, he's on the video so he can't really influence the game unless he, which he likes really, to do which he likes to do so I've got I've got the, the line up here it's pretty I think I've seen a stat about yeah so it's James Capers Kane Fitzgerald and Eric Lewis Kane Fitzgerald's a wanker yeah I mean chances are you're going to get one wanker ref in the finals but yeah. it's I think I've think I seen on Twitter someone posted a stat about Eric Lewis I think the Celtics have an unbelievable record with him but whether or not you read into those things yeah too much, it's like how much of that is, is yeah. small all I know is Scott Foster's brought in when they want to extend the series so it really wouldn't surprise me to see him in game 5 especially if the Celtics go 3-1 up yeah and the Warriors get some favourable calls it's like my least favourite thing about the NBA 
is yeah. he's having to look at who's ref in the games. It's wank. But yeah. I think I've got a, a tip in terms of if the Celtics win tonight and go 3-1 and I see Scott Foster is ref in game five in Golden State, that might be quite a decent bet in the Warriors. Yeah. It's just, you're, you're going to get every call. That'd be good. You could, it'd be a good way to almost win both ways instead of hedging. That on the Warriors yeah. in that game, but you don't need to hedge. Although the hedge odds for the outright would probably be pretty fucking would be solid pretty after good, tonight. Yeah. Yeah. I think if the if the Celtics win tonight, they'll probably go 1.15. So have you done any hedging? I have done a tiny bit because I'm on the Celtics at such good odds. And I have been stung so many times before, so, but not yeah. too much. So you were set up, uh, don't or correct me if I'm wrong, like about seven times, like whatever the Warriors, like I said, X amount of the Warriors won, and you were about seven times that if the Celtics won? No, it wasn't quite that. No? It was more like four times as okay. much. But now it's it's kind of hard to say without saying numbers, but stay out my business. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so... Um, Better much. Say, <laughs> Imagine we were betting like two coins. <laughs> Have say, this for, running. say for example I was on to win seven pound if the if the Celt- if the Celtics win it yeah. and one pound eighty if the Warriors win it. Okay. I'm now on for about seven pound or no, actually no, I can't even remember. I need to go look. But anyway okay. You don't yeah, you don't need to even get it that far Basically like, basically I've covered a tiny bit, but if you're if you're on the Celtics, I I don't think the cover's value. I think the Celtics are quite clearly the better team. It's just the only thing I'm sticking in my head is the Miami game six, and the fact that they can throw throw games away by themselves. I can't get that out of my head. Plus, the Warriors are like a magical team, aren't they? Do you know they're like they're so likable and Steph Curry Steph has Curry forty and, point games. Yeah. And even though I mean his foot could be a problem. Oh, yeah, true. So we should talk about that. Yeah, I, it's a weird one because there were some really weird quotes coming out about it afterwards. Obviously, it was a I think they called it like a mid foot sprain where Al Horford landed on Curry's, I think it was his right foot, and it was the same foot that Marcus Smart injured on Paddy's Day, just the day before, 16th of March. And the weirdness was the comparison they made to that because of how long Curry was out after that. Yeah, so I think it was Marcus Haynes, is it, the, the Bay Area reporter, said, Chris Haynes, said, um, oh, it's either Chris Haynes or Marcus Thompson. One of them said, in like quotes, it's similar to the Marcus Smart injury. But he'd be, he's confident he can play the next game. But he missed four weeks after the Marcus Smart injury. True, but then again, in the regular season, that doesn't really matter. But four weeks? I know four weeks is a long time, but I think we're not even aware of how over-rested they try to rest our players, especially someone who was coming back from injury too. Yeah, true. And they, their seeds were lined up. You know, yeah, they were not, minute, like, minute you know, it's not good either way. But, I mean, do you think he could have played two days after the Marcus Smart injury? No. And they're expecting him to play tonight. Yeah, I mean it's the finals. Do you know, like who? What was it? Uh, KD came back. Do you know? Obviously, what happened to and him? That was but, a bad idea. Yeah, but that's just what you'll do. I mean, he's probably going to play. I, I can't see him sitting it out. Oh yeah, 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 he'll play. He's probably going to play. But whether or not it, it affects his, you know, mobility and his 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 play, I, I I think it would because his foot's probably swollen as fuck. He's just going to be what injections and painkillers and see how he goes. Yeah. If it affects his his athleticism, then that that obviously changes things. But I think I think Shams tweeted yesterday that things were looking better than they thought, so that's okay. obviously positive for the Warriors and made me a wee bit worried. So once I seen the refs, I know no, I, I did my cover on slightly before the refs, but I was gonna cover more if Scott Foster was refing. Yeah, tonight. yeah, I was just gonna say with that in mind too. I'm just taking a look at other stuff. So game and series double. So Celtics the win tonight, and then when the series is one point eight three, 
So, like, you know, that, that actually seems pretty decent to me if you're, pretty, like, you know, quite confident in them tonight. And then the alternative thought is either do that or don't do it and then wait. If Scott Foster's right from the next game, do the Warriors to win game and lose series in game five. That could be a good yeah, one. Yeah, well, I'm curious what the odds will be for that. Like, like as of right now, Warriors to win tonight and lose series is 5.5. Yeah. So yeah, interesting. Something to keep an eye on. I just, I just think there's de- a definite possibility of Scott Foster shenanigans in Game Five if mm-hmm. the Celtics win tonight. Yeah, and if you're not aware of any of the NBA ref and stuff, uh, there's some really interesting. I don't know if there's a movie. No, there's no movies, but Google Scott Foster, Tim Donaghy. Tim Donaghy. Yeah, he's the big one. They were best friends, and I think in the time that Tim Donaghy has, it's been proven in court that he was fixing. He was fixing NBA, NBA games. games for like. I, for months yeah for, for the mafia yeah for the mafia and there was yeah are you going to say about the phone calls I think there was over 200 phone I think it was calls. like 400 yeah, yeah. In, they were basically phoning each other I think three times a night for an extended period of time months and Scott Foster's always claimed that it's um, they were just friends yeah co-workers and it was like he'd phoned him like you know 10 times more than anyone else during this time yeah. that he was fixing NBA games yeah. and Scott Foster is a fellow is a NBA fellow ref who and is shitty as fuck yeah and he's got away with it and he has not only like it's not that Scott Foster apart from that looks innocent like he has some really weird history in, in ref and NBA games yeah, so, so it's like an open secret well the, the, here's the what do you call it the conspiracy theory is the rub that, yeah the rub Scott Foster was fixing games back then or was in on Tim Donaghy's this is alleged by the way sorry Fats uh, Goster was uh, <laughs> Roberto Larcos yeah Fats Goster was allegedly fixing games at the same time as Donaghy or was in on Donaghy's games and then the NBA when it all blew up and did the investigation they knew that Scott Foster was in on it but they kept him out of the investigation and then now they use him to fix games and extend series because they've got dirt on them, so uh, that's why okay, David yeah, Stern. Yeah. That's why Adam Silver can get. How you getting called in by Adam Silver? The threat, how threatening he is. Well, he's a big lawyer. Hmm. Yeah, so that's why David Stern and Adam or and Adam Silver can use Scott Foster to extend games because they've got dirt on him and can send him to prison. But then they make him do what they need. They need to do an extend series and make more money. Yeah, make more money, make things interesting. That's the, the theory. That's why he's anyway. called the extender. That's why he's called the extender. Yeah. yeah. So allegedly, 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 pure yeah, speculation. Yeah. We can use our proceeds from the podcast to fund our uh, legal, legal defense. Our, defen- our defense fund. Yeah. But so I we're just, fucked. I just know. I just know. So please sponsor us. <laughs> um, I just know that. Yeah, when they did like an analysis of Tim Donaghy's phone calls, like the ratio of phone calls to Scott Foster versus everyone else was like crazy he's yeah. calling Scott Foster hundreds of times and not really calling anybody else yeah okay so uh, just to wrap up the basketball then we are both pretty confident Celtics will win tonight and depending on refereeing situation the Warriors could pick up the next one so you're thinking are you thinking 4 one 4 in 6 6 yeah Celtics in 6 they okay. win tonight lose game 5 and win game 6 in the garden and get over the game six hump yeah well that's pretty much uh, that's what the boogie say. well not the boogie thing but that's what the general public and the betting public think as the it's the favourite outcome 2.75 yeah uh, yeah I think that's my most likely yeah I'm not really a fan of betting on correct scores unless no. it's a sweep um, but and this year wasn't too great for series handicaps we're usually quite big on the lose like in the early round so definitely something we'll, we'll be doing more so of next year depending on the, the playoffs but yeah so I'm gonna go with do you know what? 4-1. Okay. Yeah. Don't think the Warriors are going to pick up another game. Can see the Warriors' heads going after 3-1. And the injuries and, you know, sadly coming in favour. Fuck it. Why not? Yeah. I think 4-1. Not betting on it. Not a tip, but just a, 
Oh, prediction. Fair enough. Yeah, and yeah, okay. So outside of the realm of basketball, then what has been going on in the sporting world? Live golf has started. The big talk. Yeah, big talk in the golfing world is this new the sporting world in general to everywhere. Yeah, this new Saudi-backed golfing tour that has started in London. I think just outside London this week. Um, and obviously, if you've probably been following the news, you've heard the defections from the PGA Tour. Some big names, actually, the biggest name being Phil. Biggest name being Phil or Dustin Johnson. Sorry, Dustin Johnson, yeah, yeah. of course. Dustin Johnson. I mean, and Phil's then, a big name, but yeah. DJ's a and then better player. Bryson, DeChambeau as well. Patrick Reed is going to go. Bubba Watson. Talk about go. Ricky Fowler. Matthew Wolf's been seen there. Yeah. Taylor Gooch is young, up and coming player. I mean. Then you've got the old boys like the Garcia, Westwood, Polder. Like, old, G-Mac. but names. Yeah. Like, do you know Martin, what? Martin Keimer. When you put them all together, like, that's actually better than I originally expected. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And I think I read or heard somewhere. They've got six or seven out of the last 13 Masters winners on Live Golf. Fuck, really? Because they've got Oosthuizen, Bubba won it twice, DJ. Phil, DJ, Charles Wurzel, and one more. That's six, but I think it's seven. I think they've got one more. I just can't remember off the top of my head who it yeah. is. But you know, that's pretty big. Yeah, I mean, it, it is. And they, Sergio Garcia. Oh, Garcia. Yeah, Fuck, seven, yeah, of course. Seven. Of course. Jesus. Yeah, yeah the only one, like... The, they don't have Matsuyama from... Don't have Matsuyama, you know, don't have... Scheffler. Scheffler. Don't have... Well, then 13 years, Spieth. Don't have Danny Willett. Yeah. Yeah, there's five... God, seven, don't talk about five, Danny Willett. There's one more, there's one more, I can't remember who it is, but... Yeah, please, oh, why did I mention I was going to say, Rodin's just going to breeze past this one. going to put me in bad form all night. Yeah. But we'll, we'll add that to the, the Bad Beat podcast. Oh, Jesus, yeah. We but, eventually do. Yeah, so the Live Golf, it started on Thursday. I was really excited for it, because... Obviously, Thursday golf um, is normally not really that captivating, especially if it's a normal PGA Tour event. Yeah, yeah, I'll watch the Masters. Later. Yeah, I'll watch the Masters. I'll watch US. I'll watch a major, but I'm not watching the RBC Canadian Heritage Open on a Thursday. But this thing was fucking unreal. I, I, I was going to say. So, I'll give us give me general overview and uh, like pros and cons. Yeah, so it's streamed on YouTube with no ads, which is which is brilliant for considering fucking golf goes as the ad breaks seemingly every 10 minutes 15 minutes the biggest the biggest problem in my opinion with professional like pga tour golf yeah like as a viewer it's it is it's a terrible experience yeah too many ads it's do you know why it's so bad they have an r isn't it the rolex r yeah they have an r dedicated to no ads which they have been sponsored for the rolex r which which i know does Take your your opinions on fucking advertising and all that. Like it's actually the best. Like it's the best part. Okay, no ads, and then it's like yeah. Rolex either side of it. I, I don't mind. Like I don't love it whenever things like the NBA. You're getting a lot of advertising creep. They call it. You know, like it's getting everywhere on the courts now, and obviously on the kits was a big one. But um, it's actually as as far as Americans, you know, they love their ads. But it was quite good for a long time. But I prefer it. I don't even fucking mind the like this three put like the highlight sponsored by whatever but at least it's a highlight of the game but honestly that see like uh the golf pulling you what are they called playing through yeah you know, there's that where they split it into two screens show you an and, ad. and you'll literally see someone like taking on the in the sunday late on a sunday sinking a 30 footer to take the lead by a shot in in like a fucking tiny box to the yeah. side while you're listening to some overblown fucking yank. yeah ad or something. Yeah, yeah yeah it's it's shit and it really does ruin the, the viewer experience and what also ruins the viewer experience is fucking Lord, Dame Laura Davies. <laughs> Fuck Dame Laura Davies. All my homies hate Dame Laura All my homies fucking hate Dame Laura Davies. She's the worst commentator ever. And I, I was saying to the boys in our group chat, I remember, like, 
it was must have been Sunday at the Masters, or else it was the other recent uh, open was the USPGA, and like the leaders were on the course hitting shots, and we were watching Dame Laura Davies instruct us on how to hit a low iron from like a dodgy lie or something. I've seen, I've seen, and it's a big complaint. It's like I'm trying to watch the golf. If I yeah. wanted to watch instructional videos, I'd go on fucking yeah. YouTube and I'd look up better coaches than you. Yeah, why they call them like features or something? Do you yeah, know they do uh, these wee pre or packages? Or yeah, something? packages. Yeah. They'll do packages of instructional videos from a woman no one's ever fucking heard of because for some reason that someone's decided to do this while the leaders are on the course and yeah. we've got bets on these people. Yeah, this is the uh, Fuck Laura Davies R sponsored by Rolex. Yeah. She, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, I mean, she's getting the brunt of it but it's not her fault. Do you know, it's it's Sky and oh, whatever the, the Yeah, fucking, well, to bring it back to the, the, the sponsored R, it is her fault too because she gets stuff wrong all the fucking time. Well, she does, yeah. yeah like, does. like, see, I, and it's a, another pet peeve is like, Again, this this ties in with us, and can you tell? I love fucking getting wound up about pundits, us slabbering about the NBA uh, Sky NBA pundits back in the day. It's like do your fucking work. Like don't just be there because you're, you know, you have a history in the sport or whatever. Like she's sitting going, oh, do you know, fucking Garrick Higo or like I'm trying to think of someone with a fucking uh, what do you call Br- or Bronson Burgoon. Yeah, wow, he's a great short game, one of the best on the tour, and it's like he's like the worst strokes gained approach or whatever. Do you yeah, know, it's yeah. like. That's happened they, quite a lot. They just fucking say that all the time. Like one of the best, one of the best in the world, yeah, because they all are, but not on tour. Like, yeah, yeah, it's and just then, lazy. And then you have the live guys. Like Arlo White is a fucking football commentator, and he was the lead commentator for the live thing, and I thought he was brilliant. Yeah, like in terms of, yeah, they were really blowing smoke up everyone's. They were they were getting on like they were watching the best players in the world, but we weren't. And not only that, they were getting on as if you were like they were like martyrs. Yeah, they're they not even martyrs. I don't know how to describe pioneers. No, Sorry, pioneers, not martyrs. martyrs. No martyrs counts too. They yeah. were getting on like they were martyrs, and they were getting on like, yeah, they were changing the world and all this. And fair enough, it is a big deal. But like, yeah, you can't they, say that it, when they're it, getting paid a bomb. To yeah, do it. tone Whatever. it down. Tone it down a wee bit. But I, I get it was their new thing. They wanted to show it off as as you know for what it was. Show it off to be groundbreaking. And yeah, it was. And I just thought the viewing experience was it was a lot more twenty first century than what we're used to. You know, it was more like watching F one or like uh, like League of Legends. Mm-hmm. You know, like watching uh, gaming where it's all very modern. It's on YouTube. There's fuck all ads. There's really good content. Yeah, and and to be fair, like I was gonna say, so you call like viewing experience on the whole a pro, and then also like that. I don't know how to describe that aspect of it, but like the like to get more specific the viewing experience not just being able to see all the shots all the time which is a pro obviously but then like how they present that to you yeah but then I think a con would be also how they present that to you because like the graphics are you know a the bit, graphics are a bit too too silly pet peeve why are they giving people first initial and then three letters like that was golf silly. just if a guy's called Grace if it's like Brandon Grace and it's B B Grick, it's just like just put Grace in. You're using the same amount of characters. Yeah, that was that annoyed me a wee bit about the leaderboard, but I didn't hate the leaderboard being there all the time on the left. No, I'm sure. I didn't hate the way they jumped. I hated the wee uh, noise it made when someone was about to hit a shot. Yeah, loved the microphones in the cups. Oh, great. Loved the mic, the caddies being mic'd up, and more of that. You could hear, you could hear, hear what they were talking to their players about, and. Yeah, no, I thought it, they brought some interesting things in and I loved whenever there was like the drone camera and you could see the players walking around the green and they had wee like tags above yeah, their heads. That, like, that, that, is that what you mean in terms of like the League of Legends sort of? That seems like yeah, something, like something like you'd get in Call of Duty. You know, yeah. you see like, it said like P. Mickelson and you could see him like stalking the greens reading his putt and, and that, it, that was cool. This is stuff like, and they're obviously right, they have a ton of money. Like the Saudi wealth fund is putting two billion into this tour. 
the 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 poor graphics and stuff like that can be easily fixed when you've got that much money. This is their first event. I think they're gonna learn quick because if you throw enough money at something, you will learn quick, and you'll get people who come in who are really fucking good to do it. Yeah. And yeah, the fact that they're already starting out with stuff like that—that's class. And like the PGA Tour, every so often when you're watching a PGA Tour event, they'll they'll trot out this graphic or this way of displaying information, and you'll be like, oh, that's that's unreal. Never show it again. And like it's something that's always confused me. It's like they're so scared to to really to try new things. Yeah, they're so set in their ways, but they do try new things. It's just so slow. But hopefully, uh, Live Golf can. You know, at the end of the day, if you want to get into the depths of it, I don't give a fuck about all the rest of. Well, let's get into politics for a minute then. Okay. So I just think it's a bit. I don't know. Like people complaining about the Saudi regime and stuff back in this. Yes, the Saudi regime are are bad. They're bad guys. Terrible. Everyone's one of the worst regimes. Everyone's a bad guy. Yeah. There's no one has... Nothing like watching this fucking BBC journalist giving like an eight minute hit piece. Real sarcastic, sardonic. Like, oh, and Graham McDonald says he's proud to blah, 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 blah. And it's like, oh, the, the Saudi... It's like, oh yeah, sorry, the BBC, right? So it's the state-funded broadcaster of uh, Great Britain who sell arms to Saudi to use in their... Uh, murdered a million children in Iraq. Yeah. And who covered up the Jimmy Savile scandal. Yeah, who... Uh, wait, the BBC... Yeah, oh, BBC sorry, sorry, the Saudis covered up the, BBC, the Jimmy Savile scandal. They did, they covered it up until he died. Yeah, no, uh, or... I'm not talking just about the BBC, but I'm like, do you know, the Saudis who have who've committed like one of the world's worst fucking human rights things in Yemen and you're like oh yeah okay and the, the, it's just, it, that's what annoys me it's like while the Brits still sell the guns water, to them yeah yeah and this and people will be like oh what about ism what about ism but if your main critique of it is the Saudis you know fucking killing Jamal Khashoggi it's like okay well let's take a look at what the fucking Brits have done yeah because the Americans have a really clean record yeah oh they, yeah all they've, done guys. Is, all they've done is good in the world lovely guys and also uh, the PGA Tour is sponsored by Aramco so yeah, it's just it's it's uh, there's just so much nonsense around it. Like yeah. this is the way the world is. Money fucking talks. People are gonna go where they get paid more money. It's really not that fucking difficult. Yeah, like and if the Saudis paid two fucking boys from other boys from Belfast to, to run a podcast, they'd probably end up getting. I'd listen to them. Like yeah, hundred percent. Probably know more than we do. Yeah, like it's it's really it's really not that fucking difficult. Like I I don't want to no. I, yeah, if you want to make a prediction as to where live golf is gonna go, like. I think it, the PGA Tour could be in a lot of fucking trouble. I'm more like I was. I was a bit. I was very skeptical. I, money does just fucking talk. When has money re- ever lost? Look at Man City. Look at PSG. Look at what Newcastle are going to do. Look at Qatar getting the fucking World Cup. When these company, these countries are not going to run out of money. Saudi Arabia has the biggest fucking natural oil resources in the world. They are the Aramco, the fucking Saudi investment fund is worth fucking billions. And it's billions, basically billions, and billions. like a un, unstoppable like. Yeah, it's all it is money. is these these Arab boys playing dick measuring contests with each other. So you've got UAE buying Man City, effectively the country owns Man City. You've got Qatar own uh, PSG, and Saudi Arabia own Newcastle. They're buying sports clubs so that they can play against each other, and yeah. now Saudi Arabia want. Golf. And it's not just yeah, the clubs, it's they're buying other clubs, so it's like they're creating these wee sort of like, Yeah, they're creating, yeah. creating these, like Man City have the one in Melbourne and yeah. they have do you know it's the way the world's going. Like and you've got all these legacy tours and legacy clubs and all complaining that it's oh you've got no competitive integrity and yeah, no Fuck soul. you. Fuck you just because you were you you're, you were here. Just because you were first. Just because you were first, yeah, yeah you're yeah. shit. Like yeah. live watch it like two hours of watching that live golf, regardless of who was playing, was a better viewing experience than any other golf I've watched this year. Yeah. 
It just was. And I think it's one of those things that, like, it's so weird for people to think this in, yeah, like you said, legacy, because you've got, like, hundreds of millions of people watching and playing the sports around the world. But all you have to do is take a look at the gaming scene, which you've mentioned already. The gaming scene is the one where you'll note it, you'll realise that, and I'm sorry, but in fucking 2022 and for the future, if you're not as good as the rest, you're going to get found out because when, when, when viewing entertainment becomes so easy, it's very easy to change. So like, for example, or, or if a game becomes boring, it's very easy to change. And like, when you have that much money, it's like they're doing that with golf. So for example, it's like, you know, all League of Legends flavor, right? I mean, it was flavor. It's not just flavor of the month. It's been around for ages or like Call of Duty or whatever. And it's like, you get tons of people watching it, tons of people playing it, pros doing it, tons of money pumped in, Starcraft, whatever, and then it'll just move on. People get bored. Obviously, games like golf are a lot more ingrained yeah. in, in the world and, and stuff like that. But again, when you have that much money, it's like you can just be like, no, this is our way of playing golf. Yep. And, and this is the way we think people want to watch golf. And they're going to win. You know, I wouldn't be surprised now. Regardless of if the PGA, the, the USA has all the best courses, not like Live, Live Tour is going to America. They're going to Portland. Yeah. I think maybe next. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Chicago as well. Yeah. There's one like, in Chicago. Like it's just it's just so obvious that you know there's only so long you can hold on to your name. It's the know. it's the majors. Yeah, well, it's the majors and it's the world go- official world golf ranking. Yeah, the yeah. the majors. Like to be fair, I'll tell you when money technically didn't win as well was that European Super League, right, for football. Well, it never got off the ground. Well, yeah, but it was money. You know, in that in that in that scenario, but that's I think they were facing. Football fans are a lot more passionate than golf fans. Yeah, you there, know, they there, are, were, there are no golf fans. Like people like watching golf. People don't support golf teams. No, or or yeah, yeah, hundred no, percent. But that's what live yeah, for that, trying to do. No, well, yeah, and the team names are stupid, and the no, names are yeah, stupid. Yeah, but that's a con. The team names. That, yeah, they're awful. really stupid. I want the fart hat though. The fart hat, yeah. Um, go team Niblix. <laughs> <laughs> the Majestics. Yeah, the Majestics, but. But that'll all get ironed out, you know. I, I think that's that's what I think they will. I think like you can't judge things overly on their first run out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I, I'll judge it. I'd love to. I'll. I, I will be keeping track and I'll be watching. But love to see the way they present it by the end of the. Yeah, by the end of the eight yeah, events, and then call it next year. Like fuck me if they're not going to boys who I don't. Don't be fair. This is maybe on my part. I don't know exactly how they subcontract who like cam- who the cameraman mm-hmm. on golf tournaments and stuff like that I'm not 100% of the PGA carts them all around it maybe do but um, like because some of the camera workers are a bit shit but you know I'm not surprised if they just fuck I mean they're the same as the golfers yeah. you gonna pay me more money I'm gonna go fucking round yeah 100% and it's just the, the critiques of it and the criticisms of it have just been so hypocritical and just like people who don't like change it's like the change is going to fucking come when someone wants to throw this much fucking money at something yeah a bit of white knightism too bit of, you know, yeah and oh I'm, high horse yeah I'm such a white knight because I hate Saudi Arabia and they're so bad but like they're they're just as bad as fucking everyone else let's be honest they're, they're all bad get over it and just enjoy watching golf yeah like you're, you're not going to win any fucking any prizes for saying about how we're sport washing or like yeah, just I mean, and then the other part they've been doing it with the F one for fucking years. Do you yeah, know what I mean? they're, yeah, they're fucking all at it, and I don't know. Yeah, they're all as bad as each other, and hopefully, all the best golfers go to live, leave the PGA Tour, so we can actually. The, the only the most important thing for me is I don't want it fractured in half, so that you know you only see half of the top fifty in the world in one tour and half in the other. That would be a bit shit. Yeah, because the funny thing is, then too, you get this weird that you're in this weird scenario where the half that have went have went mostly because of money which they would tell you if you were to pull them up on it then the other half 
who, who who said they play golf like the way some athletes you know play for legacy play for trophies play to be the best in the world but the people who want to be best in the world always want to play against the best in the world to prove that they're the best so if you get half of the the, the tour going elsewhere then you've got that question of well if i'm going to get paid more and i'm playing against the better ones realistically what the fuck do i owe the pga tour yeah exactly do you know it's like they, they are independent contractors do you know yeah, and, and so, have you seen the fucking money they're getting offered oh my god from what i i've heard patrick reed hasn't i don't know if he's announced he's going yet but from what i've heard his joining fee or whatever the fee is to play on that tour is more than phil mickelson's career earnings and i think phil mickelson might have made like the second or third most ever on the pga tour it's just insane like that's fucking crazy like that's the, a no when brainer. you say money it's like i think people don't understand like how much money we're like, talking about here yeah and it's, it's it goes the whole way down the ladder too to they're going to these good amateurs from us like from colleges in america and offering them five million dollars to come and play eight which events. like if you if you know like or if, you, if you're into this like Golf at that level, where you're like, you know, college, the corn ferry, the like feeder tours, the maybe even break breaking into the bottom end of the PGA is so cutthroat. And these people fucking like, there's so many horror stories about people like the fucking stress it causes people. Do you know, what? yeah, the pro, pro athletes or whatever. But it's really fucking hard. And like, you're doing a lot of it on your own dime. Do you know, a lot of, like a ton of them don't make it. Whereas, if you're in college and you're getting offered five mil to just fucking walk onto this tour. Chances are you're never making five mil in your life. Yeah, chances are you might not even make it to the PGA. Like, I mean, well, yeah, like you probably do. But you know, if you're a top top college player, but like you don't, they don't always. No, no, not not always. And I I don't blame any of them for taking the money. I would have took the money because especially no, if I you're, know you would have. Well, yeah, but especially if you're a golfer, like take for example. Well, the the obvious ones are the Polters and Westwoods and Keimer. Keimer. They know they're not going to win any. I mean, Keimer literally said himself, he's like, look, I'm at the end of my career. I'm getting offered millions to come and fucking. I'm gonna do it. Yeah. It's the younger ones that are more interesting, like the Taylor Gooches and Matt Wolf. And yeah. Well, here's the thing. I was actually gonna Matt Wolf not as much because he fucking can't even play golf anymore. But if Dustin Johnson, he's got a lot more to win. Yeah. You know, he could have. He's yeah. getting he paid. Fucking made like the Masters, the Masters a couple of years ago. Yeah. So and he's getting paid. I I think what was it, something like two hundred million. Two hundred million. Yeah. But well, here's the thing. I this is again lack of knowledge. As far as I've heard, though, if they start to get better pros in, they're going to kick the fucking wee boys off, right? Mm-hmm. They'll probably still pay them because they've signed a contract for this year, but they won't be guaranteed for the other ones. But what if the rest of the tour comes along? Like, they only have, what is it, like, how many golfers? 42, I think. Like, 44, 42? Yeah. So, like, are they going to do another run? Do you know? Every, it's a, it gets redrafted every week. The teams get redrafted every week. So, the the, t- the captains stay the same. Okay, yeah. And I if get... you don't get drafted, you get thrown to the Asian tour. You just have to go and play in the Asian yeah. tour. If you don't get drafted every week see this is why I don't well I suppose the other one was as much like this is what's kind of annoyed me because when all this was going on and there, it's been very complex and complicated with the different tours that have been proposed it was all very sneaky and no one's sure about it that other tour that like professional golf league the PGL or whatever like the way they had set up their system sounded unreal like actually really fun to watch and Liv has, has got some of that but some of it they don't and like I don't know it's like realistically the, the parody in golf at the minute is that like there's so many really good golfers that are in contention and it's more than 44 do you know what I mean oh yeah, yeah. so like it's just it, it, that would be grim if you're like oh well everyone's moved to live now no one's on the PGA but they have to go and play in the Asian tour the PGA could be yeah because the PGA tour don't let them the PGA play could, anymore yeah but then like if we see a big defection to live the PGA tour might need to turn around and say right you boys are unsuspended because it could be the case of the 44 best players in the world go to play for live and the PGA tour it becomes yeah, well, that was what a lot of them hoped that if they could do both. Right? Yeah, yeah, because the live is only eight, eight events. Yeah, 
that's not going to happen. We know that's not going to happen. No. But they, they the way still, the only way that that could happen is if they pull everyone into those eight events because the PGA Tour can't suspend. Do you know, if you've got, I know they've all said they won't, but if you get the top fucking forty, the literal top forty players in the world that all event that all after this year, like fuck it, I'm going to do live no matter what, they will be able to force the PGA Tour's hand. I, you'd think so because because I mean, the, the PGA Tour wouldn't wouldn't go on without those forty. Do you know they wouldn't be like they wouldn't just carry out events with like. Like what, 44th 50th in the world and above no yeah. nobody the fuck's gonna watch that no and the sponsors would pull out and mm. it would be a nightmare did you hear they offered Tiger nine figures yeah I don't even know how many what that is is that a, is that a billion no they could, no wait they didn't offer nine nine figures so six figures is a, mi- a million. million seven is ten, 10 million. million eight is a hundred million never over a billion they couldn't have but the, I thought the Saudi they did they, they far, the number figures. I'd seen was the Saudi fund was only putting two billion in so let's just give it half of that they Tiger, offered, like. I, it's been confirmed they offered Tiger nine, uh, nine figures and he didn't and he take it. it down Tiger Woods is worth a billion it came out today actually he's the third athlete to join the Forbes billionaire list true but can I, you name like, the other two the Forbes billionaire athletes yeah one of them should be very obvious LeBron no oh really wait Oh shit! Okay, this is a weird one because there's a couple. I'm gonna I sound stupid here, but I know Hamilton's worth a fuckload. No, but I don't think it's him. Like you didn't say no. You didn't say no. They're just gonna clarify that and say it's not him. Uh, tennis. Uh, I can only remember one at the minute, <laughs> but it's not the one I can remember. Is not tennis. The one I can remember is funny enough the. Uh, the sport we're talking about in this podcast that not knock off we normally talk about a billionaire basketball player I just said you fucking a billionaire basketball player that is not LeBron James oh I literally feel like such a spot like, and now you've just put me in the spot and you're staring at me so now uh, I can't even think a billionaire Steph Curry oh my god <laughs> oh my god I am dealing with an invalid wait hold on um, I, I, I thought you meant current no, I didn't say current I thought you meant fucking current and I was like how can it not be LeBron no. fucking Jordan no, of course fucking Jordan <laughs> Yeah, yeah Michael Jordan. Yeah, I thought you meant current. Yeah, Michael Jordan. Like playing. So Tiger Woods joined Michael Jordan and someone else as the only other uh, billionaires in sports history. Really? I the know. first thing, when I seen it, first thing crossed my mind was, I thought Conor McGregor was a billionaire. And I was like, no, Conor McGregor is definitely not a billionaire. Well, he might be close to it in terms with all his other stuff. I think it... Uh, or wait, is that what the thing is? It's billionaire... There is three it's sports billionaires. But it's not It's not just money they burned in the sport. Um, Could it be outside things? Yeah, because Tiger... Like, because because Jordan's got Jordan. Tiger's was only... Only 10% of Tiger's billion like this billion was career earned yeah yeah okay. so he's only he's won 100 million on the PGA Tour see I was going to say um, Federer is it Federer I was going to say Fe- Federer it might have been Federer yeah it might have been Federer but either way so there's only three sports billionaires but with this fucking live golf thing do you know <laughs> what, if, what if they what if they go to McElroy or who who else is big enough Justin it's Thomas it's fucking E. Tiger Woods joined Michael Jordan and LeBron James I was right oh was it yeah oh, well, he, well done okay so if anyone didn't get this far I'm gonna fucking find you and tell you to keep listening on where yeah I get, well done yeah okay Good thank you but um, so if Liv have this money to go after Tiger who's to say like that money will be spent that yeah. money is for spending who's, who's to say who, who they iron up and Justin they're talking to them all yeah who's the biggest name they could get McElroy and Thomas have both been pretty against it yeah Who's the next biggest one? Morikawa. Who Who's the one who you think we wouldn't mind? Just I mean, Victor Hoffman needs more fucking like fluorescent trousers. He needs chipping lessons. Yeah, but I, I don't think I don't, I don't think Morikawa would be a big enough name. 
Oh, you know, he's, he's a big name in the is. golf world, but he's not. No, McElroy. but he is because he's he's younger and he's got the Asian American background too. So. Yeah, but he's not. He's not. He's not. He's McElroy. sellable, but and he he you don't. They're not just looking now though. Like Morikawa is one of the future faces of the PGA. He's an obvious choice for talent, but I just don't know about. And yeah, if he like, wins things, you know. Yeah, but I think the big the big turning point. Are, we got Bryson. Bryson's pretty big. Yeah, big name. Could they get Brooks Kepka next? Pretty well documented. I mean, he, that he, he likes he, money. Pretty well documented that he only really cares about. The, well, no, he, I was gonna say, he if they can the guarantee majors. majors, I think you could see Kepka going. Yeah, his brother's on it already and loves money. True. Just likes playing a major. Yeah, doesn't like playing in the PGA Tour by all accounts. No. Yeah, it's interesting. It's going to be interesting to keep. Uh, an eye on and in terms of betting wise for it I threw a bit of money on Dustin Johnson because the rest of the field was fucking terrible and then he just stinker yeah although here's the thing he can just turn up and fucking doesn't even need to play yeah oh, he's he's paid either way he's getting paid like a fuckload of money million. and what's the prize for this tournament like 4 million or something I don't even know I think it is like 4 and then there's a team prize as well so like does he give a fuck no he could just he's he already could, made his money he could be making business calls on the course yeah but then this is what part of the problem with Liv is is like does it really it, well it doesn't matter this tournament effectively doesn't really matter because you know players like Dustin Johnson don't really need to win this no because they're already getting paid boatloads they're already getting paid and for him again to reiterate the point if he's one if you're one of the ones that already has cemented your legacy yeah. although it could be argued you're tarnishing your legacy by switching to live golf at the end of your career but realistically is that that's he's got go- 200 million reasons to, <laughs> yeah. to not be worried about that yeah like all that's going to affect is like the footnotes of your wikipedia article when you're you know, yeah when you're plus there. he's now richer than his wife's dad Gretzky? Mr. Gretzky. I would imagine. That's anyway. Mr. Gretzky to you. I would imagine. Yeah. And, yeah, he can pay for some more work to be done. Some more work to co- be done. More cocaine after <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah they probably it. don't drug test on the lift. I was saying, oh, no, they definitely don't. I was saying to my mate the other day, it was like, uh, yeah, he's got some expensive habits to, to Yeah, he does. So. He definitely does. Yeah, definitely. But, I mean, you know, it could be interesting to start paying attention to it and betting on it and betting on the team side of stuff as well. So, yeah. Yeah, it's something else. I'll have to watch more of it to really get a, a feel for it. Yeah, but, um, I yeah. really enjoyed it. So hopefully it's the future of golf. Fuck yeah. the PGA Tour. So for the f- the short term future outlook before our next podcast, we're saying we've got games four and five, four and five at least. Yeah, at least four and five. We've got the Live Tour to wrap up the RBC, depending on what happens. The World Cup would have started today oh, really? if the goddamn Arabs didn't move it to December. <laughs> Are you allowed to say that? I can say what I want my <laughs> podcast Ron, you're, yeah you're treading a thin line no one's listening anymore anyway but yeah the World Cup got moved to December so it would have started today fuck's sake oh nightmare yeah uh, that'll be interesting one to bet on Qatar air conditioned stadiums in winter yeah, Felix Spain. Mm-hmm. but yeah so hopefully it'll be a decent bit to talk about in next week's episode yeah yeah two two massive games coming up and uh, yeah some golf and then we've got the, the US Open on the horizon next weekend mm-hmm. yeah so maybe have an episode out maybe Wednesday true actually we'll need to do a Wii US Open Free preview US Open preview yeah because, I looked um, at the course today Brookline it looks amazing mm-hmm. it looks like a weird it looks like something you'd see in like Portrush or up the coast here it's an odd looking course yeah it's got loads of like rocky outcrops and stuff it yeah. doesn't look American at all no it's cool though but yeah we'll have uh, we'll hopefully get something out uh for that even if it's a quick one for just who we're on maybe on Wednesday I've already done on Thursday I've had I've got some Antipos, as the the Brits call it, uh, on it from before, but we'll, we'll we'll get on to that. Did you see Phil Mickelson's schedule for a interview? Uh, he's the first interview on Press Day. Oh fuck! Yeah, that's gonna be a good one. That to is gonna be Tune juicy. in for that. Yeah, definitely with Phil. So we'll see you all then, and have a good weekend. Yeah.